While Andrew and Craig believe the joy of discovery is crucial to enjoying any well-told tale, they will not shy away from spoiling specific story beats when necessary. Plus, these are books you should have read by now. So do you guys do that thing where you only really clean the apartment if people are coming over? <laughs> like that's your those are your major cleaning opportunities is when you don't want to be ashamed in front of somebody. Okay, okay, in medias res shamer. Yeah. No, it's just, I'm just saying that's what we do. Like I think our bathtub only gets clean when people are coming over. Yeah, it, the bathroom cleaning is really the one that that is the uh, predicated by company clean I, and I don't want to speak for Laura I, I will speak for myself uh, in that I tend to notice the bathroom more when I put myself in the shoes of people who will <laughs> enter my house and go That's what kind enough. of monster lives here uh, yeah I, the kitchen is the kitchen kind of comes and goes and waves right because kitchens fill up with stuff bathrooms get like dirty without like hopefully filling up full of stuff <laughs> well in the the kitchen too like for when I, I was on a pizza kick for a while and i still do it sometimes but there was a when i first started learning how to use our pizza stone i was making pizza like three times a week and you have to have a lot of you have to have a lot of clean counter space to work with and so our kitchen yeah. was getting clean like all the time because it had to be yeah. And I think that that that's going to happen more often in the kitchen than in the bathroom. <laughs> like, oh, totally. I don't need to clean the whole bathroom to take a shower. Andrew, why are you taking the pizza stone into the shower? What are you doing in there? <laughs> Welcome to Overdue. This is a podcast about the books that you've been meaning to read. My name is Craig. My name is Andrew. And we are clean freaks who care about just books. Making us making us sound gross. Like usually we have company over like every like once a month-ish. Yeah. And that's, you know, not that much less often than we should be cleaning anyway. <laughs> yeah, I, I would say I probably even in my own, for my own sake, I think to clean the bathroom before I think to clean, like just do a general clean of the floor. You know, if there's not like actual stuff on the floor, I don't think to clean it. All right, that's you know good to I mean? know. Because I'm gonna next time I come over, I'm gonna be. Oh, you're going to judge you the crap out of my floor. No. Hey, Craig, what's this dust bunny? How long has this oh, been here? God. Is this your pet or something? What are you Yeah, are you his doing? name is Harold. He's 20 years old. He <laughs> follows me from apartment to apartment. All right. Let's, uh, let's dive into this week's book. Let's get going. You are so excited for I'm this really one. I'm excited. I'm happy about this. Now, we are reading this week uh, The Mystery of Chimney Rock by edward packard uh what type of book is this andrew um it's a choose your own adventure book it's no it's not a nancy drew mystery which is the only other thing i think based on the title that it could possibly be um this is book number five in a 185 book series <laughs> that ran from the late 70s up through the late 90s and was recently restarted by one of the 
principal writers in the 80s, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is, this is a very specific genre of book, and it spawned a whole bunch of imitators, right? Like, um, I was a big Goosebumps kid in school. And, oh, yeah. And yeah, R.L. Yeah. Stein had a series of books called Give Yourself Goosebumps. Which is so which, silly. Which is, it's the which is also a choose-your-own-adventure book. But the, the deal with these books, if you've never, I don't know, if you weren't alive at some point in the last, like, 20 years is um they're not intended to be read linearly you read what's on the page and then usually you'll have um two or three options to choose from and you flip to the page that the option tells you to flip to and the i guess the books are objective based like every, every once in a while you'll hit an ending and usually it'll either be a bad ending or a good ending yes and it's just kind of a, I, I don't remember if I described it on the show last week, but it's kind of an on rails Dungeons and Dragons kind of experience. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And I was doing some research into choose your own adventure books in general because there's a like general category of book called game book, which I think is the like, it's not called choose your own adventure. What else are you calling it? And there's all sorts of different types of game books that date back to like, the 50s when it was really just a tool for learning like programmed learning where like solve this problem and if you solve it you go to the next one and if you don't you get told why you didn't solve it dumbo like <laughs> uh and then that kind of became a series of educational textbooks like interactive textbooks and then it seemed like in the 60s there was a gold rush of interactive fiction mm -hmm. um and like the gu couple guys who have made types of role-playing game systems have kind of cited those earlier textbooks as inspiration and then there's a whole like subcategory of these books that are like solo rpgs they're yeah. you know a, a set of game rules and you build a character and all sorts of stuff but edward packard was is a lot simpler than that i think yeah the um the precursor i guess to the proper choose your own adventure series and when you say choose your own adventure like it's become kind of a Kleenex type term that's used to refer to a lot of these different kinds of books. But yep. this specific series is, I believe, you know, it has the rights to the, to the copyrighted choose your own adventure name. Yes. Um, the predecessor to this series was um, a book written by Edward Packard um, in 1969 that was mm -hmm. later published in 1976 called Sugarcane Island. The Adventures of You, Sugarcane Island. Excuse me. <laughs> I'm Excuse sorry. Excuse me. The Adventures of You. He apparently had this idea when he was, um, I think, was he reading stories, telling stories? Telling to his stories. Kids? Telling, telling stories. stories to his kids, you know, before bedtime. And um, he had this idea to, I guess, to engage the kids by letting them choose at points in the story, you know, one of a couple different branching paths and the story would proceed based on the input that they that they had. Yeah, like any good kind of writer's blocked writer, he just said, what do you want to see happen next? What would yeah, you do? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, let us know in the comments what you think. <laughs> it's, the, it's the precursor to that. Uh, and it's kind of funny. He's been consistent in interviews over the, like the past three or four decades. I read an interview with him in like a small town newspaper in the eighties, and then an interview with him in twenty ten on NPR. And he likened his writing process to now with these books to a side, like a tree on its side. Like that is the image he likes to use for an outline. 
which is kind of like, yeah, it's an outline. I get it. But he's like, well, and then it's a bunch of branches that come out of a tree going sideways. And then on every little twig, I put a page and that's a chapter. And then and then I draw all the paths to all the other pages. And it's it took me a long time to figure out. <laughs> OK, yeah, that makes sense. You, you diagrammed your own book, sir. Yeah, I mean, this dude has written a bunch of these. So I I trust that he knows what he's about. <laughs> Yeah, totally, totally. Because at the at the outset, this was kind of a collaboration between two guys, uh, Packard and then R. A. Mon- R. A. Montgomery. Ray Montgomery, for those in the know. Like, come on. Oh, is that his first name? No, it's. I mean, it's R. He, he goes just, by R. Just... A. as an author, but I know that from interviews, he's been called Ray. I'm just oh, trying okay. to be cool. Don't you? Right. You are correct. I'm just trying to be cool. <laughs> Don't worry about it. <laughs> Um, I think they were both subcontracted by Bantam. Books. Well, Bantam Bantam hired them, and then they signed like a contract for certain numbers of books, which mm-hmm. were so inordinate that they were like subcontracting the work to other writers. Yeah. So the first, um, I want to say like the first twenty almost were written pretty much exclusively by those two guys, and then starting at book 19 secret of the pyramids Uh Um, the books were written by them and then a variety of other authors and the titles to some of these like when craig was the one who first (laughs) had the idea to do this kind of a show and i can't tell if it's going to become a staple or if it's going to be something we never do again so (laughs) you guys are gonna have to tell us what you think but just the names of these books are uh-huh. insane like book 163 shadow of the swastika oh no <laughs> i didn't remember ah oh, no you can't do that book 113 the lost ninja the lost ninja you gotta save him he just dude stop at a gas station just ask <laughs> just ask for directions <laughs> don't let your ninja pride get in the way i spilled sake all over my map scroll i need I need directions. <laughs> I'm a lost ninja. <laughs> and then there are there are there's another like title convention. And it's it's a different it sounds like a different kind of book where instead of being just a person who is who is trying to find their way through this crazy choose your own adventure world, mm-hmm. you are like thrust into a role and it gets more explicitly role playing y like um you are a superstar. Um, you, what are some of the other ones? Like you are a werewolf, I think is one, (laughs) or you are a monster or something. That's just an indictment of the reader. You You are are a shark. (laughs) Number 45. (laughs) Yeah. You are a monster. You are a genius, which is kind of condescending. Like, hey, pretend you're a genius for a second. (laughs) So anyway, these these books are these books are something else, and they yeah. did they did so many of them, and they were really prolific for a while. And it's just it's I don't know they became like a touchstone of children's literature for a while in there. Well, and they uh, they also got so easily co opted by other brands. Um, I don't know if Bantam was in charge of of how much of this they were, but like it was very easy to do an Indiana Jones choose your own adventure book or you know, a Star Wars choose your own adventure book just because you can put this type of conceit in whatever fictional universe you want, yeah, right? Goosebumps being the case in point. And and eighties being the decade of licensing. 
even more so than now like just slap it on a book and kids will buy it because uh, well, you can you can probably copyright that name but i don't know if you could no copyright the idea of a book with branching pads I, oh not at all no i'm not a lawyer but <laughs> uh and it's interesting two other two other things i just want to say before we move into this book proper uh i put a i put a th- couple of books on our show reading list because i realized we haven't done any uh jorge luis borges andrew okay uh, i think he's an argentinian writer and in the 40s he wrote a fictional essay that was a review of fictional work by a fake by a fictional author one of which it was a novel that had a bunch of branching paths in it and this was in like 1940 Um, so borges is kind of and then Bordas wrote another story about a guy who wrote like a maze book or something. Uh, so he's kind of credited as, in some way, almost predicting this type of narrative. History uh, is full of authors who chose their own adventures. Oh, stop it. That's what you're oh saying to God. me. <laughs> uh, the other stop it that I have from the internet <laughs> is that, uh, would you believe it, there's erotic choose-your-own-adventure books. Holy crap. That's and I, great. And I ruined my Amazon search history by looking at a couple of them. <laughs> uh, the only one I want to share with you is called The Classics Professor, Create Your Own Erotic Fantasy. Oh, I think we need to do one of these, right? Uh, like, we did Fifty Shades. <laughs> the <laughs> Classics like, Professor. Choose your own Fifty Shades. The Classics Professor is a beautiful woman at a prestigious New York University whose cold professional facade makes a powerful, masks a powerful eroticism. Dr. <laughs> Wendy Lake wants to seduce you, and a disastrous relationship has left you vulnerable to her advances. You'll have to decide whether you will submit to her perversions such as attending <laughs> pansexual orgies in Midtown, escape the pressure through a fling with a nubile university co-ed, or drop out of graduate school altogether. Whoa. Whoa. Why did we not pick that book to read? Because <laughs> I think we'd have to put the explicit tag and then put the podcast on a USB drive and then bury it in the <laughs> desert. I don't think we'd be allowed to do that. I really hope that people who see me just like walking around, they think that my face conveys like a hidden eroticism. <laughs> like, how do you pick up on that? What are the what are the signs? I don't know <laughs> that you've got buried eroticism All right. down there somewhere. <laughs> oh God, it's under the foundation. Uh, so what we I, we didn't really explicitly say it this week, but we've not read this book at all. Yeah, That's, normally the deal is we one of us reads the book and then explains it to the other one, but we are going in blind. We are going to be, we're both going to be choosing our own adventure here. Mm-hmm. And um, we've laid down some ground rules that are probably going to change as we play, mm-hmm. um, just depending on where we are, when we get to a, like a good ending and whatever. But we're going to, we are going to give ourselves three lives. So if we run into a bad ending and we want to flip back to the previous page, we can do that three times. And there was another rule that I don't remember. What is your. <laughs> I think it was, uh, we'll, we're going to take turns reading right, yeah, the yeah, pages. Yeah. Uh, so Andrew and I are going to be doing this together. Uh, and whoever is reading the page will pose the questions at the bottom of the page to the other person. We might talk it out. Uh, but it's ultimately that person's decision on what we do next. And the, the, 
this might be a disaster. <laughs> it might be, but I'm really hoping it isn't. I'm really excited about trying this out. Uh, so do you want me to read the warning, Andrew, and then uh, you'll read... Well, hold on. What is on the cover? I'm going to... You don't have a cover for your book, right? I do. I do have a cover. Okay. So yeah, Craig is reading the actual paper book, and mine that I ordered did not get here in time for this, so I'm reading a... Um, a scanned copy of it basically is it what was the site that we got uh, from openlibrary.org open, open library so thank you to openlibrary.com org. for having dot a, org dot org i'm sorry it's an organization it's not a it's not a commercial site yes <laughs> all right so the cover of this has like cat eyes a giant like, cat face <laughs> yeah not even cat face it's like hidden in the shadow so you can see the eyes and then part of the nose and like cat fangs <laughs> yep cat fangs because <laughs> that's how like they hang out of the mouth like that uh-huh there's a okay. man holding a pitchfork like a fat man where holding a pitchfork and he has like a newsboy cap on. <laughs> and really weird pants uh <laughs> there's a giant stripes? witch is it a witch or is it an evil grandma well, that's the age-old question, isn't it? <laughs> Every family reunion. Is that, that a witch? is that a witch or an evil grandma? Oh, my cheeks are hurting already. <laughs> and then there's just she's a kid. Like, she's, and yeah, she's she's got a key around her waist. And then there's this kid who I assume is like us with a polo <laughs> shirt, like looking down this trap door. And the grandma looks like, she's about to grab his head so he better make a choice quick and i just i'm feeling very on edge from this all right like well, i want to figure out the mystery of chimney rock like, all right, really we have soon. to figure out the mystery but first i'm going to read you this warning andrew all right tell me lay down some ground rules for me. all right well we've talked about the beginning part of this warning that says that don't read this book straight through from beginning to end all right what about the people who are really bad at following directions <laughs> and they just read this book is really weird. I can't follow it at all. It just keeps jumping around and has all these weird footnotes. Um, the adventures you take are a result of your choice. You are responsible because you choose. <laughs> After you make your choice, follow the instructions to see what happens to you next. I like that things are going to happen to you. <laughs> Not just what happens, but what happens to you. Remember, you cannot go back. Think carefully before you make a move. One mistake can be your last or it may lead you to fame and fortune. Hey, I'm the guy who solved the mystery. <laughs> I got to the end of the book. Nobody's done it before. It's impossible. They they said it was impossible, but I figured it out. All right. Shall we dive in, Andrew? Yeah. And I just like it was it was pretty common to put your finger in Yeah. Yeah. yeah a page yeah. as you went to to make sure you could go back if you made a bad choice right so we've like, got three we've universal. got three rewinds that's what we're saying yeah basically. three lives all right we're gonna call them lives okay uh take it away all right so we are on page two now for those uh, of you following along, we've read along to page two vacation is here and you're visiting your cousins michael and jane for a few days at their new home in connecticut <laughs> Soon after you arrive, they take you on a tour of their neighborhood, along shady streets lined with cozy houses with neatly trimmed lawns. At the top of a hill, you notice a huge stone house unlike any you have ever seen. It has turrets, walled terraces, and a square tower that looks like a giant chimney. Some of the windows are boarded up, and others are hidden by vines and bushes. There's a big dog chained in front of the little cottage nearby, and you ask your cousins if anyone lives in the main house. Chimney Rock? Most people around here wouldn't live there for a million dollars, Michael says. 
It's supposed to be cursed, Jane adds. They say that some people who have gone inside have never been seen again. What happened to them is still a mystery. Man, Connecticut sounds like the worst. What's my option, Andrew? Uh, go on to the next page. All right, I will. It says sounds like the police in Connecticut are not that not that good. <laughs> like cursed house, we can't. This, <laughs> this case is cold. I'll pay you a million dollars to live in that <laughs> cursed house. Uh, all right, page three. You see, Michael exclaims, Mrs. Bigley lived in Chimney Rock alone with her cat for many years. When she died, she left instructions in her will that the cat would live there for the rest of its life. People say that she put a curse on the house so that no one would bother the cat. Haven't the police <laughs> investigated? The police never found anyone, only the cat. But some people say Mrs. Bigley never died at all and that she's still living there herself. What does the caretaker say, you ask? He doesn't say anything. Some say he's crazy, and some say he's just mean, but I guess he's afraid of the curse, too, because I hear he won't set foot inside Chimney Rock. You're not kidding, you ask? <laughs> if you think we're kidding, Michael says, why don't you go inside? Or why right, don't what you are my go choices? inside? Uh, if you say, I'll do it, turn to page four. If you say, no thanks, turn to page six. So obviously we're going to go in the house. Yeah, we're right? going because, in this house. All right. Let's go. I say, I'll do it. Turn to page four. All right, take it away. All right, there is a picture uh-huh. of a the boy from the cover in his stylish polo shirt Yep, looking at a door. I think he's got a flashlight. Got, yeah, he's got a flashlight. It's got some like weeds and an overgrown, gnarly-looking tree beside it. So I hope I've painted a picture for you with my words. <laughs> <laughs> with your words, not with, Edward yeah, Packard's yeah. words. No, Edward Packard's words, I'm sorry. All right. I'll do it, you say. Okay, Michael replies. When are you going? Jane and I will watch you. We want to say goodbye to you, Jane what? says. <laughs> you take time to get a flashlight from the house, and then the three of you set off for Chimney Rock. You feel a bit nervous, but it's a beautiful day, and you keep telling yourself there's really nothing to worry about. All right. As you approach it, the house looks bleak and forbidding, like some medieval fortress. A dark cloud passes in front of the sun. The wind blows dust in your eyes. <laughs> Ow. You, you wish you hadn't agreed to go inside, but it's too late to back out now. So while Michael and Jane watch from a distance, you walk around the house and try all the doors. Every one of them is locked except for one in the back of the house. You wave to your cousins, open the door, and walk into an entryway that leads to a large kitchen. There are rows of sinks and counters and a huge black oven. The floor is laid with dark red tiles, many of them chipped or loose. The windows are covered with cloth shades, and you raise one of them to let in more light. On your right is a flight of steps leading from the kitchen upstairs. To the left is a swinging door, which you imagine leads to the dining room. Okay. All right. If you go up the stairs, Craig, turn to page eight. If you go through the swinging door into the dining room, turn to page ten. Now, when I was reading along with you, I I read swinging door wrong, and I thought it was like... I just misunderstood the concept. I think he means like a saloon door or like a door, like the yeah. door in the full house kitchen. No. Yeah, yeah, Not like, like, oh, swinging door. Well, no. <laughs> I thought it meant that it was like in motion already. Like there's a creepy door <laughs> just swinging. Ghost is just opening this door and closing it again. Uh, so it's go, it's leave the kitchen, go upstairs or go into the dining room. Yeah, if you go up the stairs, turn to page 8. If you go through the swinging door into the dining room, turn to page 10. Okay. And for people who are reading along at home, we did go from page 4 to 5 Yes. while okay. we were reading that. All right, I guess we're going to go upstairs. Why not? All right, so that's page 8? Yeah. All right, lay it on me. 
You start up the stairs, trying to make as little noise as possible. The railing is falling off, and the dust and cobwebs get thicker each step of the way until you reach the landing, which is dimly lit by pale yellow light coming through a circular stained glass window. Steps continue up in two directions from the landing, but on the same level is a hall leading to a door that is slightly ajar. You walk up to it and gently push it open. I'm really glad they didn't give us a choice there. They just, <laughs> yeah. you're you're curious. Go in that room. Listen, man, you set this emotion by going to page eight. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, before you is a dingy room filled with furniture and trunks, an old-fashioned radio, a grandfather clock, a rocking horse, some coils of rope, piles of brook, uh, piles of books, and <laughs> piles of books, piles of books, and on the dusty floor, a dead mouse. In the back of the room is a large closet. And there's like this sketch of a creepy rocking horse. <laughs> oh my God, it's terrible. Uh, if you open the closet door, turn to page 14, Andrew. If you go back to the landing, turn to page 15. All right, so let's let's weigh our options here. This, yep. this room is a creep. It's a creepy room, right? Like it's just, it's a creepy storage room. It's got an evil rocking horse in it. It's got a dead mouse. Can you imagine like, what? What is the one thing that you could do that would, like, what activity would tie all of that stuff together? <laughs> like, you're riding the rocket, the rocking horse, like, swinging, like, trying to lasso a dead mouse while... Listening to, to Amos and Andy on the radio. Uh-huh, and you're and reading... And just, a... you're really interested in what time it is. <laughs> well, maybe you're timing, you're trying to, like, it's a time trial. Of, yeah, like, like how la- many how many times can I rock on this horse in a minute? <laughs> You're reading a book on on rocking horses for tips. So you're multitasking. I assume this this house was occupied before TV was a thing, and so like, what did people do? Yeah, Mrs. Bigley was not into TV. If yeah, if I mean, she, she what, what did people even do before they could binge watch Friday Night Lights? I don't know. She would this, probably. I guess. This, I guess. <laughs> she would probably watch like marathons of Too Cute if she had a TV. Sure. Just yeah, cats yeah. on too cute. Not mm-hmm. dogs though. All right. So we're we're it's either the closet door, Andrew. Open it or go back out to open the landing. Open the closet door or go back to the landing. And what I was like, this room seems really creepy by itself. Like what what do you if all this stuff is out in the room, then what is in the closet? <laughs> I don't know. Like a dead so are you, cat? Do you wanna, or do, do you want to know about it? I or do. Are you I'm really scared of it. I'm, no, I'm not scared at all. I want to open that closet door. But the closet door. All right, yeah. turn to page fourteen. Okay. So you made turn, the choice turn to, to turn to, to page read, fourteen. Right. Okay. Uh, you make your way through the furniture scattered about the room and open the door to the closet. It smells of mothballs and is filled with clothes. Some very old. Some quite new. You notice a policeman's <laughs> uniform and a large key ring with three keys on it hanging from a nail. You are suddenly startled by a squeaky noise. It is only a mouse scurrying across the room. You walk back toward the door. The mouse comes running right at you. You step back, ready to kick it away, but suddenly it rolls over on its side. Dead. What? You rush out of the room toward the stairs. Then, as you collect your wits, you remember the keys and wonder if they might come in handy. If you go back for the keys, Craig, turn to page 24. If you continue down the stairs to the kitchen, turn to page 25. We got we got to get those keys, Andrew. We got to get those keys. There's no one here who's going to miss them. What is with that mouse, though? I don't know. I don't like it. <laughs> okay. I like that Just, I took time. What is the, what's the policeman's uniform? Do you think, I don't <laughs> Is Mrs. Bigley a secret cop? Why does she have old and... How can you tell that the clothes are old and new? Well, I mean... 
Like she has she has a bunch of like Victorian era dresses in there and then like a cool band t-shirt like a, yeah like a Duran Duran t-shirt yeah or like a Miami Vice jacket <laughs> with like the sleeves pre-pushed up yeah we're getting those keys Andrew All right turn to page 24 All right I'm turning to page 24 we're skipping. We're, this is our first like major skip now. This is oh, oh no! This picture that there is a, there's oh, a no. mad-looking cat on a banister who's just hissing at us. <laughs> Cautiously, you retrace your steps to the storeroom closet, take the key ring, and return to the landing. At the top of one of the two flights of stairs leading upward, you make out the silhouette of a large black cat. Its green eyes shining in the gloom of the hall. Its back arched, its teeth bared. The cat hisses softly as you approach. Ooh. This cat is the worst. Yeah, no, I'm going to have nightmares about this cat. Oh, my God. Its eyes look like knives. I hate it. Oh, no. <laughs> um, its claws look like knives. Its oh, teeth look like knives. Oh, it's it's just knife a... cat. Check out knife <laughs> cat on the stairs. Uh, Andrew, if you call to the cat to show that you are friendly, please turn to page 40, 44. If you retreat down the stairs to the kitchen, turn to page 46. How do we feel about this cat? On the one hand, like, I don't think the cat cares if I'm friendly. Probably on not. The, on the other hand, this book keeps trying to make us go down to the kitchen. And this book, I don't want a book to tell me what to do. <laughs> so I'm friendly. Turn to page 44. Okay. Well, you turn to page 44. Well, both of us turn to page 44, right? Because okay. you have to read it. Now you read it. No, I just read. Oh, wait. Okay, never mind. <laughs> I keep getting confused. I'm so you, caught up in got, the adventure. You got scared by that cat. All right. Okay. You call up to the cat, but it remains immobile, its eyes fixed upon you. You stare back. It returns your gaze without blinking, then arches its back, hisses, and runs off. You follow it down a nor narrow corridor, but lose sight of it as it darts around a corner. Soon you come to a massive oak door. It is locked. You try the keys on your key ring. One of them works. You pull up. That was an exclamation point. I'm trying to convey the emotion in the text. Okay. You pull open the door and shine your flashlight inside. There are steps leading down. Drawn by curiosity, you cautiously descend the stairs. When you reach the bottom, you find yourself in an underground tunnel. Oh, snap. Its floor is paved with cobblestones. The walls and ceiling are supported by wooden beams. The air is damp and cold. You follow the tunnel for about a hundred feet before it opens up into a wide space filled with casks and racks of bottles. What? This must be a special cave where Mr. <laughs> Bigley kept his wines. No way. We need to it's unpack not, that. It's for not a, a second. wine cellar. It's a special cave. That's like that's like a kid being like, "Oh, Daddy's special juice makes him sleepy." <laughs> like, what is that? Oh, it's at Daddy's. Far end, it's Daddy's the... baseball juice. <laughs> At the far end of the cave is a chest with three drawers. The top one is locked. You try another one of your keys. It works. You pull open the drawer and take out some yellowed, crumbling papers you find there. Among them is a letter written in a shaky hand, which reads, To whom it may concern, I, Horace A. Bigley, am a prisoner in my own house held by the ghost of my wife, Melissa Bigley, who died one month ago today and now has the power to transform people into dot, dot, dot. Go on to the next page. Oh, snap. <laughs> Do you want to read the next page or should I? I? Uh, I'll let you read it in a second, but let's just rev let's review the fact that we are terrible detectives. This kid is a terrible detective. He's touching everything. <laughs> Listen, man, what would you do if you found a special <laughs> cave? A special booze cave, like beneath this haunted house. Also, I, I really respect that cliffhanger of one page over. 
Yeah, go on to the next page. All so right. you're going to read it? No, you're going to keep reading it because there, no, right. there was no choice. Go ahead. Before you can finish reading the note, you feel a presence. Oh, no. <laughs> you whirl your flashlight around, but it goes out. In the final flickering light, you see a figure, and even now in the dark, you can feel its eyes fixed upon you. You reach for the rack of wine bottles and pull one out. It may be of no use against the ghosts, but it is your only weapon. <laughs> if you swing the bottle at the figure, turn to page 84. If you ask, who is it? Turn to page 89. Oh, no. What are we going to do? What if you reached like for a bad year? Like, what if? <laughs> oh, God, I picked the wrong year. This ghost is only vulnerable to, to wines from a... 1972. <laughs> Everyone knows you don't battle ghosts with a rosé. Like, come on. <laughs> All right, Craig, what do you, what adventure are you going to choose for us? If you choose to swing the bottle at the figure, turn to page 84. If you ask who is it, like an idiot, turn to page 89. Wait a second. Wait a second. We already communed with the cat. All right. We maybe the cat didn't care about us. It ran away. Yeah, but we've got a history now of well, we've once we've we've reached out <laughs> to something that we've encountered. I feel like all of a sudden, going full Rambo on this ghost is not in character for us. Okay, all right. So not only are we choosing our own adventure, but we also are trying to, like, what is this guy's name? Like, Billy, Billy, Billy Jansen? Billy Jansen. Billy Jansen. We are breaking this book in half. We are now Billy Jansen. <laughs> and Billy Jansen, at least right now, he has not become hardened in the underground wine caves. He... <laughs> is he is a pacifist at least for now uh okay. he's gonna ask who is it all right we're gonna turn to page 89 all right let's see what happens oh god it's gonna take me forever we're gonna to reach into the back 89. of the book here now oh oh no uh what do we do here we go it's me michael the voice replies you are both relieved that the other is not a ghost your flashlight flickers on and off my flashlight is getting weaker and it wasn't very bright to begin with you say let's get out of here you shake your flashlight, and it flickers on. As you lead the way through the passageway, you hear a roaring sound. The tunnel is caving in <laughs> behind you. You and Michael are soon covered with dust. Coughing and gasping, you make it back into the house and finally out into the fresh air. Once outside, you almost stumble on Jane, who is lying near the door, clutching her ankle, grimacing with pain. I fell trying to climb down the vine, she says. I twisted my ankle. Only then you notice a policeman has arrived. What a sorry sight the three of you are. You don't know it, but you were lucky to get out alive. Now get out here and never come back to Chimney Rock. The end. <laughs> what? I think that's a neutral ending. Like we didn't discover any riches or anything. No, that was We just we just didn't die. We escaped with our lives, which I guess might be positive in some like in some readings, but I'm not it leaves me feeling cold. Yeah. Yeah. Do you want to rewind one choice do you want to go back and hit the ghost with the wine was our last thing page 45 i think so all right let's go back and just hit the ghost and if the book is consistent <laughs> we're gonna brain a little kid with a <laughs> bottle of wine so let's see what the book <laughs> if all the possibilities of this book exist at once we are gonna <laughs> brain michael with we're gonna brain our all right here we go uh we're gonna choose to swing the bottle at the figure and turn to page 84 okay uh, should I and still this read is, this one? Yeah, this is yours to read. Oh, man. You lunge forward and swing the wine bottle, striking something. The bottle breaks and wine splatters all over you. A voice cries out, it's Michael. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> you killed a kid. 
He's, oh no! He screams. It's me, you cry. I'm sorry. I thought you were going to get me. You shine your light on Michael's head. Fortunately, he seems not to be injured. Follow oh, me. Boring. Follow me closely, you say. We'll get out of here. Suddenly, you hear a roaring sound. Clouds of dust rise around you. Loose dirt scatters down around you. You shine your light towards the tunnel. It is blocked off, but there is light coming through from above. Suddenly, the roof of the tunnel is caving in. You are being buried alive. Don't worry, a voice calls down. I'm a policeman. I've radioed for help. We'll have you out of there soon. But even as you hear his words, you are gasping your last breath. Another victim of the curse of Chimney Rock. Oh, no. That was even worse. (laughs) We died. This wine cave sucks. Not only did we hit our cousin in the head with wine, but then the whole building came down (laughs) on us. We didn't successfully hit him in the head with wine. Like, he's fine, which is boring. But Michael didn't say anything. I don't think Michael was real. I think Michael should have... Michael is a ghost. Yeah, <laughs> He's going to are you afraid of the dark us? Ghost here. cousin. <laughs> should we... Okay, that's technically two lives. I think... Technically, yes. Even though, I mean, we didn't die the first time. So I'm going to say that if we die again right away next time, like we can... Okay. So we've we've only died once so okay. far. That's pretty good. Another um, victim of the curse of Chimney Rock. <laughs> since we since we both made it out alive and died, I guess we can let's say we can start from wherever we want. In in where, something that we've already done, right? Where were we were like page twenty something. Well, let's go back to the page with the cat. Twenty four is the page with the cat. Okay. So this is either be friendly to the cat or go to the kitchen. You wanted to go to the kitchen. I talked to you out of it. I didn't want to go to the kitchen because I didn't want this book to tell me what to do because this <laughs> oh. book is not the boss of me. All right. Well, the so book I impulsively the... <laughs> talked to the cat, which in retrospect was a bad, <laughs> bad decision. Okay. Well, now let the book tell you to go to the kitchen and turn and to page, page 46. 46. Yeah. Right. It's your turn hopefully to read. There's, hopefully there's some good stuff cooking down there. All right. Oh, man. This is a, this is a long one. So buckle in, everybody. Buckle up. You start down the stairs toward the kitchen, keeping an eye in the direction of the cat. You reach a landing and start to walk along a passageway leading off from it. You are wondering whether to continue on when you hear a muffled voice calling, Melissa, where are you? Melissa, where are you? Could this be Mrs. Bigley? As you cautiously walk along the passageway, you hear the voice speaking again. It's time for me to come to you, Melissa. You round the corner and encounter a slim, tall, elderly woman dressed in black. Evil Grandma. Her face is wrinkled, but her green eyes are sharp. Oh. Her nose seems darker than the rest of her face. <laughs> her, <laughs> her head slopes back and her reddish white hair has swept back in a bun. She stares at you with hatred in her eyes. And you stare back, determined not to turn your eyes away. Suddenly, she shrieks and runs down the stairs. You follow her down the stairs and stumble through the kitchen and out into the yard. You sit down at the base of a large tree, trying to sort out your thoughts. In a few minutes, Jane and Michael join you. They tell you that they searched the house but could on- could not find Mrs. Bigley or her, or her cat. <laughs> the next morning, you visit with Jane and Michael as in an end. You have an hour or so before your bus leaves. You walk up the road again to Chimney Rock and stand looking at it for a long time. Then you see the burly, fat-faced caretaker approaching you. <laughs> His huge dog with him, straining at the leash. As he approaches, you get ready to run, but he calls out, don't be afraid. I am your friend. You freed me from the witch's curse. What do you mean? Where's Mrs. Bigley, you ask? She died yesterday, he replies. 
for the last time. What is it? Wait. The end. What? We ran into another ending. That doesn't make any sense. She stared at us with hatred in her eyes, and we stared her back, and so she we, died. We killed her by being? <laughs> so that's a good ending, right? We freed this fat-faced caretaker. <laughs> You, who we didn't know, the way that sentence goes, then you see the burly, fat-faced caretaker. I don't think yes, that we yeah. heard that he was burly or fat-faced earlier. We, we discussed that a caretaker existed, but yeah, we didn't We didn't know about his, his fat face. Oh my god. So I don't know what to, I don't know where we go back to at this point. We've so we've got, gotten like two okay endings. Like I re, We haven't figured out the secret of Jimmy Rock, but we're also still drawing breaths let's, <laughs> let's go back to that to that creepy room with the dead mouse all right we're back on page um, eight i don't even like dead mouse no <laughs> i think it's i think he's boring <laughs> I, don't, I can't even keep... listen to daft punk instead like <laughs> i'm really into justice justice is my preferred <laughs> weird dance rock um so i decided to go into the closet which is where yes, we found those and keys. In retrospect, that was that only led to endings. <laughs> yes, I picked I picked a, a page full of endings. So uh, my other option was to go back to the landing. So I'm going to turn to page fifteen. Oh, right. what is? <laughs> and this the picture. This kid looks like middle aged in this picture. <laughs> He's aged forty years in this the time it took you to choose that adventure. <laughs> hair looks like some sort of helmet. I'm not sure. What's going on there? He was the seventies, I guess. Yeah, I guess. Um, he's it's the, basically the image from the cover of the book. He's looking. Where you've, yes, you've opened a trap door and you're looking down a flight of stairs. Yeah, which I hope does not lead to Grandpa's wine cave. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so here we go, page fifteen. The storeroom is a creepy place. Wait, what? Yeah, no, you're. I went back to the landing. How am I in a yeah. storeroom? Oh, I don't know. Just, that, just roll with it. Oh, excuse me. That was the storeroom. Okay. I get it now. Oh, was it? Okay. Yeah. With the clock and the dead mouse and everything? Yeah, it's where I store all my rope and dead mice. <laughs> the, I never have enough room for all my dead mice. <laughs> I, I got to get rid of pile that. Pile up. I got to get rid of that creepy rocking horse so I can store more dead mice. <laughs> uh, here we go. The storeroom is a creepy place. You are glad to be out of it. When you reach the landing, you notice something you hadn't seen before, a brass ring set in the floor. Uh, you tug at the ring, and a square portion of the floor comes up. You pull it wide open, exposing a narrow, circular staircase leading to a room below. There's just enough light to see by, and you start climbing down the stairs, curious as to where they lead. Suddenly, you hear a crash overhead. The trapped door, the trap door has slammed shut. If you go back and make sure you can open the trap door, Andrew, turn to page 26. If you continue down the stairs, turn to page 28. Have we turned to page 28 before? I don't think... I think our pages before were in the 40s. Yeah, I don't think that we... I just don't want to end up in that hellish wine cellar again. Oh, God, I don't want to go there. I I do not (laughs) want to go to there. Uh, I I think if we go to see if we can open the trap door, we're gonna we're just gonna be met with disappointment. But what is your what is your read on this situation? I don't. 
I mean, maybe, are we going to encounter, like, whoever shut the trap door? Is it just going to be our stupid cousins again? <laughs> I I think... Maybe... Is it going to be that evil red-haired woman that we killed by existing? <laughs> we won a staring contest. She <laughs> ran away to her death. Uh, let's go down let's the go, downstairs. Yeah, let's go page 28. I want to go down the stairs. All right, go to page 28, Andrew. Figuring you can open the trapdoor easily enough later, you continue down <laughs> into the basement of the house. Man, that is some hubris. That I think, is, is some what that is. Horror movie nonsense. Oh, I'll get that later. Don't yeah, worry no, about that. There's there's no trapdoor I can't open. There's no it one in this matter closet. that it closed by itself in a way that I don't know what it is. <laughs> okay. The staircase is rickety. Its wooden supports are rotted. Proceeding carefully, you reach the dirt floor of the basement. A little light comes in through several windows high above. The windows are slits, too narrow to climb through even if you could reach them. Except for a few pieces of old furniture, a furnace, and overhead pipes and wires, the basement seems bare. Then from somewhere in the shadows, you hear the meowing of a cat. Oh, snap. If you try to find the cat, turn to page 52. If you start up the stairway, turn to page 55. So we've climbed down into Moria, basically. <laughs> There's a picture of what looks like a giant R2-D2 with a shovel next to it. And the kid... I don't have these pictures. I don't know. Oh, sorry. That's on page 29. Oh, There's okay. a picture. Um, okay, it looks like a boiler that looks like an R2-D2. Yeah, there's a couch like hiding behind the boiler. And there's a trash can. And, and there's like a shovel dug into the floor, <laughs> which means that this is like a dirt a dirt floor under this house. And the kid is kind of standing there like, I discovered all of this. I am <laughs> king of the basement. No wonder the stupid wine cave caved in. Like if it, <laughs> It's all just dirt. I don't think the people who built Chimney Rock knew what they were doing. Okay, so what are the two options again? Andrew? All right, if you try to find the cat, turn to page 52. If you start up the stairway, turn to page 55. Now, that's the stairway we came from, right? Um. Uh, no, there's a rickety staircase. No, no, that's the same one we came in. Oh, is it? Okay, yeah, I guess it is. So I'm going to go find that cat. I don't want to go backwards. Page 52. dumb. Every time we try to engage with this cat, it's just not cool with us at all. Oh, my God. Are you seeing this picture? (laughs) Yeah, oh, no. Oh, my God. All right. As you search the cellar, you see see a door with a hole in it, large enough for a cat (laughs) to go through. You turn the knob and cautiously unbolt the door and open it. Shining your flashlight all around, you are amazed to see before you a cave filled with mummies and skeletons <laughs> adorned with shining jewels. You begin to understand the full horror of the witch's curse. Can you escape before you become her next victim? That's a, Wait, 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 wait. Before I read the rest of this, that's a pretty bold conclusion to come to. Yeah, Maybe like, this old lady's just into escape, mummies. And it doesn't give us a... <laughs> Maybe she just has a bunch of mummies that she's into. Every time I walk into a room that has a skeleton in it, I just I wonder if I'm going to get out alive. <laughs> like if I walk into a science classroom, I wonder if I'm going to if I'm going to like overcome the biologist's curse. <laughs> if I can't decode this table of elements, I will turn into a skeleton soon. <laughs> Uh, so there's like Do you a... know your lanthanides and no, actinides? God, I only know my noble gases. Um, no. <laughs> there's a <laughs> Billy is like got a terrible Billy look on his face. Billy is freaked out. 
Yeah, he's wigging out. His hair out. part is driving me crazy, too. Yeah. Uh, but he's shining his light on a mummy and a giant skeleton, which I suppose is, I guess this is supposed to be in the foreground. Uh, and there's a really cold-looking <laughs> skeleton in a box in the back, like a stand-up Dracula casket. Yeah. All but right. the mummies have like jewels. They all have jewels on their foreheads. Yeah, I the... wonder if that's going to be a thing we can investigate. All right. Um, so it continues. We're now on page 53. All right. You turn back in the direction from which you came. There, standing before you, is a tall woman with long, bony arms. Oh, no. Her hands are outstretched toward you. You are struck with horror as you observe that her fingers are long, steely claws. Oh, no. I wonder if she was the cat. Um, if you run, <laughs> if you run into the tomb to escape, turn to page one seventeen. If you scream for help, turn to page one eighteen. Okay. Are you a wuss or a wuss? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let's let's checkpoint. Let's weigh our options. On the one hand, when we were in Grandpa's wine cave, uh huh. There was, like, Michael was just there hanging out. Like, he was there to answer our cries for help. Yes. So you're thinking... And all the stuff in this tomb is super scary. Yes. Like, it's just mummies and skeletons all the way down. It's (laughs) it's mummies all the way down. (laughs) (laughs) But, like, if we call for help, it's just going to be kids, right? Like, what is another kid going to do against this bony, steel-clawed witch woman? (laughs) Steel-claw grandma. Coming soon to HDTV, Steel Claw Grandma. Um, Is that the channel HDTV? HGTV, excuse me. (laughs) Uh, That's where House Hunters is. Um, I don't... I don't know what to do. I I think you're you're right to think that like the book seems to populate the the other rooms in the house with our cousins as necessary. but what if like like we discovered in that last room is that Michael was there no matter what our choices were. So maybe Michael is in Grandpa's wine cave right now, like as we are in this. Oh, tomb. I see. Okay. And so we can't we can't count on him to be here because he's not multiple man <laughs> and he can't be in multiple places at once. This is a really weird reading of how these books. <laughs> <laughs> That if we lined up all the stories in parallel, we would be able to discern Michael's story and what yeah. Michael was doing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna, I, I'm gonna run into the tomb. I'm gonna choose the the evil I don't know over screaming, over for just help standing and screaming. Yeah. <laughs> all right. I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be the master of my own fate. So we're gonna turn to page one. Seven. Well, hold on. Bookmark that page before you go. All right. This is page fifty-three. All right. I, I, I don't know what's gonna happen. Oh God. One eighteen. One seventeen. One seventeen. All right. Take it away. One eighteen is stand around like an idiot. Okay. Take it away. <laughs> hold on. I'm still, I'm still turning these pages. One nine. One. Okay, 117. You retreat into the tomb, leaping among the brittle bones. The witch follows. She comes at you, but you dart past her, bolt the door, and dash up the rickety stairs, grateful to have escaped the curse of Chimney Rock. The end. So we didn't die. We didn't die. That's pretty we underwhelming. We also didn't discover riches, though. I wanted... Where's the riches? <laughs> the, 
the prologue to- told me I could expect fame and fortune. So I also that's... don't know what was this just a confused old lady hanging out near mummies <laughs> and we just ran away and locked her in the mummy closet to become a mummy herself. Yeah, like witches' one weakness are little boys that can run faster than witches. <laughs> well, and it even has a picture of her like trying to chase us over the bones and she dropped there, her cane. Yeah, and... I count three skulls in that pile of bones, so there are at least three dead people at our feet. Oh my god. Okay. Okay. I love his action pose. It's pretty great. <laughs> there are no speed lines to tell me what way he's moving in, though, so I'm a little confused. There are, there's sort of speed lines on her claws, though, which is pretty Yeah, great. no, we know what she's doing. We just don't know what Billy Jansen is doing. I think we can at least go back one or two more times. I okay. think I think we got enough time on the show for that. Okay. And, all right. The, the last page we were on was 53, and... The two options were 117 and 118, so I don't think we have to flip all the way back. We can just flip. If you want, we can just flip to the next page, which, as I recall, was scream for help and see what the answer is there. Yeah, let's let's try it. All right. You want to go to 118? Yep. Let's do it. Am I I still reading this? Yep, you are. You scream for help as the witch raises her horrible arms. You back away. But all your strength is leaving you. Losing your balance, you fall backward and take your grisly place among the victims of the curse of Chimney Rock. The end. Oh my god, she turned us into a mummy. <laughs> what is what is the curse of Chimney Rock? Like using the clues that we have well, found so far. Our like, cousin said The curse is being dumb and like not running away from an old lady fast enough. No, the cur- the curse is not staring at old ladies when they come at you. <laughs> That's what we've learned so far. Is when old ladies come at you, you stare at them and then they die. And then you free <laughs> their fat caretakers. That's how it works. <laughs> fat face. Like as far as you know, he's slim. Oh otherwise. yeah, he's got he's got baby baby fat in his cheeks. He's Excuse me. He's got a big old fat old face so i don't i don't know what the curse is i think well what did what did our cousins say they said she cursed the house so no one would mess with her cat right yeah and we haven't i mean in that version of the adventure i don't think we mess with the cat we just followed the cat into the dark you kidding andrew i think she is the cat i think we i don't know i think you're i think you're making some logical leaps no that's why she has claws all right. She does have steely claws, so either she's a cat or she's like Wolverine. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. I feel let's... like our the the we made a choice early on that led us down a corridor with a bunch of endings down it. Yes. So, what was like the first choice that we made? Um, Aside from like go into the house or don't, and I feel like not going in the house would be a good way to have no adventure. Okay, so <laughs> there was. I'll do it or no thanks. And we said, I'll do it. Okay. Um, and then there was go up the stairs or go to the dining room. We never went to the dining room. We man. never went to the dining room. You want to go through the swinging door into the dining room? Yeah. The, self, the self-swinging door? That you... <laughs> this is the magical swinging door. That is the curse of Chimney Rock. So I'm going to turn to page 10. We're just breaking this book wide open. We're just here to have a good time, everybody. Uh, going into the dining room. You, I just I want to get a good ending where I get stuff. I just want to. I inter- want the fa- I want the fame and fortune. I the books that I could have. I just want to meet all the characters. I need to track where they are throughout the whole book. I want to know who's here. 
So we know that Michael ends up in Grandpa's wine cave. Like yeah. it seems like his timeline. Jane was ends climbing down a there. vine. She was we the one time we definitely got a good location on her. She was like yeah. climbing around. It's yeah. It definitely seems like this book. There's not like a Schrodinger's Jane <laughs> where <laughs> she is. She only exists once we observe her. <laughs> Turn to page 17, she's dead. Turn to page 18, she's alive. But none of those pages are in this book. Um, All right, here we go. We're going in the dining room. Yeah, page 10. You walk through the swinging door and into an elegant dining room. A splendid crystal chandelier hangs over the long oak table. Double bay windows are partly hidden by dark green satin curtains. A bottle of wine rests on a silver tray on the sideboard. Very tempting with all the wine for young Billy. Uh, yeah. Next to it is a bright green china cat. What? What is <laughs> like a like a cat made out of china? I'm gonna just not like a not like a Chinese cat. And what? Do you... There we go. That's what I needed. All right. You sit down at the table and ponder the situation. <laughs> there is a small brass bell within reach, and on impulse, you ring it. Oh snap! Within a few moments, a door you hadn't noticed before opens, and a thin young woman walks in. She's wearing a black dress and a little white hat in the fashion of a maid. Oh, she says, looking at you with surprise, I didn't know Mrs. Bigley was expecting a guest today. I'm Lena. May I bring you anything? Perhaps cheese and crackers? You must be hungry. Andrew, do you accept her offer? If so, turn to page 16. If you want to question her first, turn to page 17. Ooh. This is something. Okay, if if we're talking about establishing a consistent character for Billy Jansen, well, we've already thrown that out the window by existing in multiple timelines at once. <laughs> <laughs> you go with your I'm gut, just saying, bub. like like Billy Jansen responds to situations in a certain way. Yes, and I I mean I think the book is is lending itself to that interpretation because Billy saw a bell and he just decided to <laughs> ring it. Oh, like what's he this? Couldn't not ring like I'm in a creepy house and I don't know what's going on. Let me ring this bell I found. <laughs> so you're saying that he's just gonna eat those crackers? That's what he's impulsive. impulsive, and you know it's it's not gonna end well for him, but. I think he's going to accept her offer because he did, he just Billy Jansen does not think through stuff before doing it. I think you're correct. Let's turn to page 16. All right. He accepts the offer. Go ahead. You really are hungry and thank <laughs> Lena for the offer, but ask if she has anything else besides cheese and crackers. What? This was not the choice. I've been hoodwinked. Presented. I've been hoodwinked. And she gives you poison cake and you die. Wait, wait, wait. What were her exact words? She says, may I bring you anything, perhaps cheese and crackers. Okay, so she was letting you choose your own culinary adventure. (laughs) Billy says, I'm hungry, but I don't want no cheese and crackers. (laughs) All right. Smiling, she goes out and returns a moment later with some delicious looking brownies. Thumbs up. You pick one up and take a very small bite. It tastes even better than it looks, and you can't resist eating it all. In a moment, your eyes become oh, blurry. No. Oh, no. Lena's weed brownies. <laughs> you feel as if you've been drugged. You ring the bell, but Lena does not return. You get up and start toward the door, but you feel yourself falling. What? Sometime later, you awaken, feeling weak and confused. It is pitch dark. 
If you try to sleep until morning, turn to page 27. If you try to grope your way out, turn to page 31. I don't like the phrase grope your way out. (laughs) (laughs) I don't like that at all. Man, like this is basically like you're you're drunk and it you definitely are either... was weed brownies yeah right? like, yeah but this is like it's like you you get drunk and you either try to just sleep it off even though it's the worst sleep of your life or you kind of wander around and try to find water and, and try to grope your way out. grope your way out <laughs> i feel like fitting with give me the cheese and crackers billy uh, he's gonna try to grope his way out. He wants he wants to deal with this in the here and now. See, now I want to know like what would have happened if we'd gone with the cheese and crackers. Like, I feel like Billy robbed us of that option. Yeah, by asking for by going for brownies. He needs to have more refined tastes, Billy. How are you gonna drug cheese? You can't. Cheese has no, to age. It's impossible. Yeah. By the time the cheese All is right. ready, the drugs are gone. All right, we're going to page <laughs> thirty-one. All right, you're trying to grope your way out. Okay. All right. You grope your way along in the dark, trying to find the <laughs> swinging door to the kitchen. <laughs> a hand clutches your arm. You feel like screaming. Help, a voice calls almost in a whisper. Oh, You excuse- feel like screaming, but you don't scream? <laughs> oh, my God. I don't know if I've ever felt like screaming. <laughs> I, just, I just scream. <laughs> um, anyway. Help, a voice calls almost in a whisper. Who are you? You reply. I'm Lena, Mrs. Bigley's maid. I was afraid to speak before. I cannot escape without your help. You can't. You can just walk out of the house. You say. I wish I could, but I can't. I'm under the curse. But can't Mrs. Bigley help? Mrs. Bigley, don't you understand? Lena bursts into tears. You try to comfort her. Finally, she steadies herself and renews her grip on your sleeve. Please, she cries. If you will only carry the cat out of the house, I will be saved. Will you help me? And then there's a Whoa. picture on page 30 of a really, really sad maid. <laughs> Man, she's got a face on her, too. I don't think the person who illustrated this book had ever seen a human face. <laughs> Do you mean Paul Granger, the illustrator? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry to put you on blast, Paul. Um, Andrew, what are you going to do? Are you going to say yes, or are you going to try and reason with her? What is reason with her? Stop crying. Just walk out of the house. You don't need help. It's fine. <laughs> What do you mean pick up the cat and take it on the street? I'm not an idiot. I, You know what? You don't want to pick up a cat that does not want to be picked up. Okay. Which is... I'm with you. Like, that's... Like, on the one hand, there's that. But on the other hand, I don't know if I can tell this crying woman that, no, you, you don't need help. You just think you need help. I don't want to mansplain to her what kind of help she needs. <laughs> no. Well, keep in mind, we're still, like, semi-drugged at this point. Like, who knows what we're, how we're actually perceiving anything that's happening. It's true, yeah. We're still under the influence of Lena's special brownies. <laughs> um, we're going to help her. We're going to help this this uh, this slim maid. That's all we know about Will her you help me? You say yes. Turn to page yes, 58. we're going to turn to page 58. Four, five, six, eight. All right. I'll help you say. Do you know where we can find the cat? It's upstairs. Follow me, she says. But stay close behind. When you meet the cat, grab it. You have the power. (laughs) (laughs) What if your superpower is just grabbing cats? (laughs) (laughs) You follow Lena upstairs and through the upper hall to a room in the back of the house. 
The room contains a sewing machine, a loom, and a table. What? There is also an armchair with a flower print slipcover. On it, sound asleep, is a large black cat. You pick up the cat and walk swiftly down the steps, through the interior rooms, and out the kitchen door. The cat tries to scratch you and jump out of your arms, but you hold it tightly. Lena throws open the door and you step outside into the bright sunlight. The cat begins to purr. Lena dances in the air. The spell is broken, she cries. You've saved me. Michael and Jane come running up. They're surprised to see you with Lena and the cat. No one notices the heavyset man walking toward you until he's almost upon you. It is Jervis, the caretaker. <laughs> Everyone looks at him anxiously, but he smiles broadly. I always knew that someone would lift the curse and you've done it, he says. I thank you from the bottom of my heart. Ended the curse? How? Where's Mrs. Bigley? You ask Jervis. Don't you understand, he replies. You're holding her in your arms. She's turned herself into a cat. This time for good. The end. <laughs> you were right. She was the cat. Ah, uh, yes. I think that's good. I think we're good. I think we're good. We. I think we beat the curse of Chimney Rock. We got the... We. There were no riches... Just the riches of our own hearts as we saved a poor woman and a heavyset man. We made Jervis happy. Yep. The cat is happy. I told you he was heavyset. I told you. I just thought he had a fat face. How do you do do like face aerobics? How do you you blast your face? (laughs) No, we beat it. We beat Chimney Rock. Now anyone, beat Chimney Rock. anyone can go in there and go visit Grandpa's wine cellar without getting hit with a bottle of wine in the face. Without it caving in on you. <laughs> All right. I think I think we chose our own adventures successfully. I think we did too. Uh I thought that was pretty fun. I haven't done I haven't done one of the actual choose your own adventure books ever before, so this was kind of neat. I liked the tone of it. I I just I felt like it was a little inconsistent. Like I I feel like sometimes by choosing an adventure, the book locked you into one or two subsequent adventures mm. that you might not have chosen for yourself. Like I don't I would not have rung that bell automatically like Billy Jansen did. I don't think I would have eaten Lena's weed brownies <laughs> as quickly as Billy Jansen did. <laughs> But I think we still we still did okay. We still got an okay ending. Yeah, I think that was the best ending that we... Other than that time we killed a witch by staring at her. That was pretty cool, too. <laughs> yeah, no, this, 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 this ending, we helped other people. We helped the cat. We helped Lena. I assume we helped Jervis because he seems happy. And the other times we just escaped with our own lives. And maybe sometimes people were hurt. Yeah. So. Yeah, we made it. We we did good. Um, <laughs> so that was that was uh, the mystery of Chimney Rock. Uh, yeah, that's what this is. This is um, not every episode is like this. Uh, usually we read the books ahead of time. But uh, thanks for joining us on this wild, crazy adventure. I really want to know what anybody other than us thought about this episode because <laughs> I had a lot of fun. But I don't know if that's like the automatic if that's the reaction that other people would have. Yeah, and and uh, if you have some other uh, thoughts on what we should have done, uh, please feel free to chime in uh, through social media. You can find us at uh, OverduePod at uh, gmail.com, which is our email address. That's not social media. 
but you can also <laughs> oh. email is the original social it's media. the socialist of media uh you can wait does that make any sense <laughs> <laughs> you socialist uh you can facebook us at facebook.com slash overdue pod or tweet at us at twitter.com slash overdue pod uh, i want to give a shout out to sean who reached out to us on both of those social media this week um one was a pretty lengthy list of the best American novels that someone put together that I bookmarked for us because there's probably a lot that we should read. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then also uh, Eric gave your Euchre history a shout out. Andrew, I don't know if you saw that. I didn't know. What did he say? He said, Andrew, come on. Let's defend the noble game of Euchre a bit. Uh, the reason your friends don't know how to play is that it's a game popular in the Midwest and you've left us flyover state oh and you've left us fly flyover states behind it's not your hillbilly roots it's your midwestern roots <laughs> uh, tomato tomato i see yeah euchre has played the most in states with large numbers of scandinavian descendants in particular minnesota wisconsin and michigan that game rocks uh Great. so uniting euchre fans everywhere is the name of the game here on overdue uh if they want to find out what else is part of our game andrew where can they go uh, they can go to our website at overduepodcast.com. Um, up there, we have a whole bunch of links. Some of them are to Amazon listings for the books that we have read and that we're going to read. Um, if you click through those and then buy the books or like crayons or I don't know, canned pumpkin, like whatever people <laughs> buy on Amazon, we get a little cut of that and that goes toward our hosting costs and our book costs and the other various, you know, the the other various things that we incur while we are doing this show. Um, we also have links to our RSS feed and our iTunes page. If you subscribe to either of those, it really helps the show. And um, if you are on iTunes in particular, if you rate and review us, we, uh, we'd really appreciate that because it helps us in the rankings and it helps other people know that our show is some quality stuff. So, so thank you for doing that. Which people hopefully have... you still think after this episode. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, if we can't experiment, then what can we do? Nothing. Nothing. Yeah. No. <laughs> uh, what else? Was there anything I missed? No, I don't think so. I think that's okay, it. So are you going to read the book for next week or is that on me? I think it might be on you. Because if it's on me, I don't know what I'm going to read, but I will put my listing up on OverduePodcast.com and you guys can see that sometime later in the week. Not Not now. <laughs> Uh, in the meantime, please let us know uh, how we did, if we chose our own adventure correctly or poorly, uh, and also recommend other adventure books that might be fun for us in the future. Yeah, because um, this this idea when we were talking about it, and we both just kept feeding into each other's excitement about it, <laughs> but it feels almost like an idea that could sustain its own show. I'm not going to like commit us to anything, but um, yeah, just let let us know what you thought about it. Like if you think it should be a recurring segment on this show or if you'd rather we stuck to actual books or just what your read on everything was, because I think I think we would both like to do this more often in the future. And especially you know, over the next month and a half, like I'm getting married at the end of October and it is squeezing out time that i have to do anything else so like this is just an easy fun way to do an episode without um 
without just totally flaking on you guys, which is good. So, yeah, let us know what you think. I mean, we have the email address. We have Twitter. We have Facebook. Um, we just more more so than we normally do. We want to hear how we did and like how much you enjoyed this. So, Because <laughs> I know I did. Yeah, I I liked it too. Even though I mean I wanted riches, but I'm glad enough to have to have freed some other human beings. So. <laughs> All right, everybody. Um whatever adventure you choose in life, we hope that you try to be happy. Yeah.